attempted to make sense of the mysterious Chinese political puzzles of that era by writing satiric limericks <laughs> under the nom de plume, listen carefully, limbrick. <laughs> <laughs> You'll need to read the book. They are very delightful. To his left is uh, Zachary Carabell, who is president of River Twice Research in New York City and is an analyst of economic and political trends. He has a deep background in the investment world and once was portfolio manager of the highly regarded China-U.S. Growth Fund. Zachary is a regular commentator on international affairs and is the author of four books. His most recent is called Superfusion, How China and America Became One Economy and Why the World's Prosperity Depends on It. As the title suggests, that book lays out the challenge for both the U.S. and China in their new economic relationship a relationship that he, he compares to the special relationship that existed between the United States and Great Britain before World War II. He argues that this relationship cannot, at this point, be undone. And in its review of the book, the LA Times said, Superfusion gives us a radical new way to see the world. To his left is Jeff Wasserstrom. Jeff is a professor of, at UC Irvine and a specialist in Chinese history. He has degrees from UC Santa Cruz, Harvard, and UC Berkeley, and has written and edited several books about China. He has, in his writings, he has straddled the academic and general interest world. Uh, he is, as, he's, as he put it to me before the panel, a historian who writes about the present, which is perfect for today's panel. His latest book out this year uh, falls into the latter category. It's titled China in the 21st Century, What Everybody Needs to Know, which he's <laughs> plugging right now. <laughs> As the title suggests, it is a book in question and answer format that truly is essential reading for anyone who wants to understand China. It covers everything from Confucius to Mao, Tiananmen Square to internet censorship. As Jeff points out in an intro to that book, we now live in an era when China has more millionaires, more cities with populations of over a million, more internet users, and more skyscrapers than any other country. And he argues that, China, that how China fares in the 21st century matters to everyone on the planet, and I think we all would agree with that. I'll begin um, with a few questions. After uh, maybe a half hour, we'll open it up. I'll, give you, I'll alert you to come down to the microphones at that point if you want to ask a question of the panel. Um, but I'll start with this one. In December, a poll by the Pew Center for People in the Press found that nearly half of Americans thought China had the world's largest economy, while only a quarter said correctly that the U.S. wears that crown. In fact, I believe the U.S. economy at this point is about three times the size of China's. And it got me to wondering, what are some of the most common misunderstandings that ordinary Americans have about China, and what are the misunderstandings that the Chinese have about America, and why should we care? I'll, let me start at the far end with Jeff. Well, that's a, that's a great question. It's, and the nice thing about having a book in question and answer format is I could just read the answer I have there. But, um, you wonder where I got those questions. One of, one of the things I think that uh, is a misunderstanding, in fact, on both sides, is the idea that the United States and China are in all ways, radically different kinds of countries. You'll often hear about how old China is, how young we are. Actually, the People's Republic of China just turned 60 
where we recently turned 200. So, you know, there's not so far off compared to some other things. But in some other basic ways, even though there are many cultural differences, there are also a lot of similarities. We're both continent-sized countries that were founded in revolutions that were all about objecting to colonialism. We've always said we don't have empires. But both the United States and China are seen by many, uh, many other parts of the world as countries that actually have done what empires do, taking control over, uh, over other places. When I went to Sweden, I'll just give one example of another unexpected parallel. I was going to talk about US-China human rights issues and talk about how differently we see human rights issues. And a student radio station was going to interview me before then and said, are you going to talk about what we in Sweden think of China and the U.S. as having in common on human rights? And I said, well, I don't know. Uh, what is that? She said, you have both have legalized executions. <laughs> so from different perspectives, in some ways, China and the U.S. can, I think, be seen as having things in common, particularly China now is very reminiscent, I think, especially as it's gearing up to hold its first ever World's Fair in about a week's time. Um, to the United States about